G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Significant to be able to welcome Ron Ross along to this special Australia Day edition of 2020. Hey Ron, welcome back. Thank you, Neil. Hey Ron, just before we get into some of the headlines, there's a great relationship between Australia and Israel. Uh, You've been reflecting on this over a long, long time. What are the highlights in the relationship for you? Well, particularly Bathsheba and the Australian Light Horse, I've been there many times uh, to the very site where that amazing event took place. Uh, I also remember with great uh, uh, honour and dignity uh, men like Mark Regev uh, and uh, Izzy Liebler, Australian Jews who served so beautifully uh, and worked with me at times uh, during my time in Israel uh, and just the wonderful relationship Australia has with the Israeli people and the Jewish people. And, of course, Melbourne's one of the largest uh, Jewish cities in the world. So, uh, yes, I have fond memories of our connection there. I think, and I don't have special notes in front of me, but uh, William Cooper, the Indigenous Australian who really intentionally uh, set out to grow relations with Israel too uh, in early days too. A powerful, powerful connection there. Hey, it is Australia Day, but let's come to some of the global headlines, Ron. Let me start with this one where the UN General Assembly has adopted an Israeli resolution aimed at combating Holocaust denial. What's this one about? Yeah, the United Nations General Assembly adopted a resolution aimed at combating Holocaust denial. It was just the second time since Israel's establishment that a measure its delegation brought before the forum managed to pass. The resolution provides a specific classification for Holocaust denial using the working definition put together by the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. It also provides actions expected to be taken by signatory countries in order to address the phenomenon and demand social media networks remove posts that fall under the Remembrance Alliance definition. 114 countries co-sponsored Resolution A76L30, and only Iran publicly voiced its opposition. Ron, significant because earthquakes have been felt around the world, but a second earthquake in 24 hours was felt in northern Israel. Yes, an earthquake measuring 3.6 on the Richter scale was recorded by the Geological Survey of Israel in northern Israel on Sunday, less than 24 hours after an earthquake measuring 3.8 shook the area on Saturday. A magnitude 2.9 tremor was also recorded on Saturday. The Euro-Mediterranean Seismological Centre recorded the Saturday quake as a magnitude 4.1 and the Sunday quake as 3.9. The epicentres of both quakes were located slightly south of the Galilee. According to residents' reports, the second earthquake was spelled in Tiberias, Kiryat Shmona, Betchian and Haifa. Earthquakes measuring from 3 to 3.9 on the Richter scale are considered minor. 
while they can be felt by many people. They do not usually cause damage. An earthquake from 4 to 4.9 on the scale can be felt by all people in the area and can cause minor damage. Ron, uh, the former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu still in the headlines. He has rejected a plea deal with a clause that would ban him from politics. How does this one look? Yeah, former Prime Minister Netanyahu has rejected a plea deal that would ban him for seven years. The moral turpitude clause that the prosecution insisted on in his public corruption cases would have prevented Netanyahu from running for public office for seven years following what was expected to be a sentence of community service. Although his lawyers had been urging him to take a deal in which he would avoid jail time, Netanyahu, in his first public comments on the issue, rejected media reports that he had agreed to the clause that would ban him from office. In recent days, there have been false reports as if I accepted the clause, Netanyahu said in a video. This is simply not true. He went on to say that the outpouring of public support had moved him, that he would continue leading the Likud and the right-wing camp in Israel. Taking things more broadly across the Middle East, the Turkish President Erdogan is seeking help from an Israeli doctor. Yeah, he's getting medical advice and possibly treatment from an Israeli doctor, Professor Itzhak Shapira. He's Deputy Director General of Tel Aviv Saraski Medical Center and a cardiologist, which suggests Erdogan may have heart problems. Erdogan, who turned 68 in February, is periodically at the center of rumors about his health. In November, Turkish authorities launched a legal inquiry against 30 people accused of tweeting disinformation about his wellness. The social media posts were sparked by a video in which Erdogan appeared to be walking gingerly. The news comes amid the backdrop of Erdogan telling reporters last week that Israel President Isaac Herzog may visit Turkey soon. Shimon Peres was the last Israeli president to visit Turkey in 2007. Let's turn our vision towards Iran, where Iranian retirees declare in protests, oppression is enough. What is this one about? Yeah, very interesting. Iranian demonstrators held rallies in front of the Steel Pension Fund in multiple cities amid deteriorating economic conditions in the country of over 83 million people. The London-based Iranian news organisation Kehan Life reported on the demonstrations unfolding in major cities such as Tehran, Isfahan and Rasht. The website posted videos of the protesters in the various cities under the headline, Oppression is Enough, Steam and Smoke has Replaced Food on Our Tables. Video footage on Twitter showed employees from the Mayan Ab Sugarcane in Shush on strike for the eighth day. Healthcare employees staged a rally outside of the nation's parliament to protest lousy working conditions. The U.S. government news organization Radio Fata reported two weeks ago that hundreds of Iranian judiciary employees gathered in, in front of the parliament in Tehran protesting over the lack of wage increases. French wire service AFP reported demonstrators chanting, if our problem is not resolved, we will shut down the justice system. Well, there are difficulties and challenging times in so many parts of the world. 
Hey, let's, in, as we've talked about so many times, Ron, the rise of anti-Semitism. Uh, now there's an alarming report that declares that last year, 2021, was the most anti-Semitic year in the last decade. Uh, what are the reports saying? Yeah, they, they say that at least 10 anti-Semitic incidents happening on an average of every single day in 2021, according to the annual anti-Semitism report published by the World Zionist Organization and the Jewish Agency. While the average number of incidents was over 10 a day, the real number is likely much higher. So many incidents go unreported. The main anti-Semitic incidents were graffiti, desecration, vandalism and propaganda, but physical and verbal violence still comprised almost a third of them. At least there were no anti-Semitic murders last year. A number of events occurred throughout the year that seemed to coincide with spikes in anti-Semitic incidents. While the COVID-19 pandemic was already known in 2020 to be associated with a rise of anti-Semitism regarding conspiracies, 2021 saw this manifest in a new way regarding the COVID-19 vaccines. Conspiracy theorists latched onto prior theories about the pandemic and associated the vaccines with it. Others took to comparing the idea of vaccine mandates, meaning that getting vaccinated against the COVID-19 would be made obligatory to the policies of Nazi Germany during the Holocaust. This was seen frequently in protests in the public sphere, which saw many people wear yellow stars to highlight the supposed comparison. To which places were the most anti-Semitic? Europe by far, where nearly half of all anti-Semitism incidents took place. North America, unfortunately, followed close behind, with the US having 30% of all incidents, though both Canada and Australia saw a drastic increase. Challenging to think that there's an increase in anti-Semitism that is formally uh, written about in that report. Uh, Ron, always appreciate your insights. It could be a complicated year ahead. Things are looking tough. Things are looking, in some ways, uh, really, really challenging. But uh, really appreciate you and our first update for the year. And these will be happening regularly on a Wednesday from now on. But uh, Ron, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 